Hi, welcome to the Parenting Bridge podcast. I'm Dr. Michelle Alden, a licensed professional counselor, parent coach, and family therapist. And I'm here to help you to build a bridge to your best family possible. Hi, welcome to Healthy Foundations Family Program. And this video today is to help you to just think about some different things about helping your kids to manage their frustration. And frustration in our kids that are really explosive and often ir irrational. <laughs> it looks like they're just angry all the time, um, and it can be very maddening and frustrating for parents. So I'm going to just, I'm going to go over quite a bit of material today and just talk about managing frustration and, and in the families and, and in your family in particular and how you want to do that. And this is a subject that I'm going to give you some background and kind of overview, look at it, but really how you're going to use it, you may need some additional help because it's tough. And for some of your kids, I know some of the ones that we've worked with, and if you're looking at working with us, like this, not just anger and frustration that you're concerned about, it's the level and the damage that the kids are doing to your house, to um, you, to the other kids in the family, maybe even pets, you know. So I want to just give you a lot of things to think about and also to ask questions about. And so if we were live, I would, you know, allow you to have those questions in that those situations. So you may need to write some of those down, you know, give us some more feedback on what you hear and how you think it would work and how we could tweak it, I guess, to try it. So, but anyway, you know, this is about managing frustration so that your kids aren't taking their anger and frustration out on you, on the other kids in the family and um, on the, on their pets. And it's really our goal in, you know, talking about this in terms of your family is that we want you and your kids, we want your kids to learn to get along better with others, and especially in our family units. And in order to get along better with other people, whether we're adults or kids, we have to know how to manage our frustration. Now, our kids are very inflexible and irrational over sometimes really trivial matters, and this causes them to act out in, with these big reactions to sometimes very small things that we may not have even noticed. Like we don't even know what happened. <laughs> and so, you know, we, when we get frustrated or we act out poorly, we're, we're actually reacting too. Um, but we may be more aware. We may not be acting out on every trivial thing that happens. And so this inflexibility in our kids is because of the way their brain is working, it may be because of what's actually going on inside of their body. There's a lot of reasons for inflexibility. Um, sometimes it's because of trauma. And what we find in our families is that over time, when you have somebody that you're dealing with that is so irrational and so inflexible, that we kind of become that way too, you know, and how we deal with those people. We start becoming inflexible and we want to just, you know, lay down the law. And I know a lot of families where it's like we've, we, there's been a lot of trying, you know, different punishments and, you know, talking and, you know, trying to have consequences, but it's, it, it's actually the way their brain is working. And so we have to help them through that because it causes kind of these similar knee-jerk reactions, right? Which anytime there's, you know, kind of explosive behavior, I think that that's pretty 
solid on on the other people around that there's going to be these reactions. So I'm going to talk a lot today about like, you know, helping our kids and helping us as adults working with, with kids to help them to problem solve and to work through these difficulties. And where you are right now in that process, this may seem impossible, um, but it is what we're what we're working towards. And and it's also realizing that the kids are not choosing to act this way. These kids have extreme difficulties in applying a skill that they need the most when they need it the most. So the way we know that is like we can talk to kids um, as a therapist. I talk to kids all the time about um, about coping skills and how they're going to use it and what are you going to do when you're angry, right? And and yet in those moments when they're frustrated, that that's all out the window. And so if you as a parent don't know how to help your child to use some skills and to build those skills, then you're all going to kind of be stuck in this reacting. And so it's not, I don't believe that it's planned or intentional on what the kids are going to do. And most of the kids I work with, remember, I think we've talked about this in other videos, there's now and not now. And so when we're talking to them about coping skills and we're trying to help them, we have to keep in mind that we're talking about that now, but what is happening in the frustration and the anger is not at this time. And so so for them to take that skill that we're talking about and then apply it when it's happening, that's where we have to really help. And so I think talking about this really helps us as the as the adults to to know how to help our child through these these difficulties. So, you know, let me just describe a little bit more the kids that I'm talking about here. And, you know, most of you that are listening to me are like, oh, yeah, I know that kid. I'm trying to raise that kid. <laughs> or you may be working with a kid like that. But these are kids, I call them really edgy. They're just really edgy kids. They're always kind of on the edge. They're very explosive, easily agitated. Um, they're often depressed and anxious kids, and they're very noncompliant. They, their first reaction is not to say, yes, mom, or yes, dad. It's not to do what you say that you um, want them to do or even what they say that they're going to do. And again, I want you to just keep in mind that they are irrational and inflexible over trivial matters, and they're acting out on that. And that a lot of times we're not aware of what what's actually going on, and, and they're not able to tell us what's actually going on. They are not communicating in a way that helps us. Like, they're just, they're just frustrated, and it's your fault. <laughs> and that's all they can see at that moment. So these kids tend to be very poor in problem-solving, they're very poor in planning. They're very poor in organizing their thoughts um, and controlling their impulses. And so when we say that their behaviors are not planned or intentional, that's pretty much it when you have kids that are very poor at all of this planning and problem solving. So it's very much in the moment, this knee-jerk reaction of what happens. The ones who we have to put the planning and the organizing and the being that kind of external brain on is on you as the parent and with the help of other adults that, like, this is the plan. This is what we're going to do. So so you have to come at it from that rational side, but it's not going to be rational for the child, even if you have a rational discussion about it at a time when they're not frustrated. And we'll talk about that more. 
I also want to point out that most of the kids that, that I work with, even if in the moment, you know, they're they're kind of puffed up in their anger and their aggression um, and defiant, you know, seemingly defiant and all of that. Um, these kids, they don't like their own behavior. These are not, it's not coming from a happy place. No matter how many times we tell them, they are not going to be thinking clearly in those moments. And someone has to help them to get calm. Someone's going to have to help them to to figure this out. And so this is an, another piece of this because a lot of parents will tell me like, well, they're they're fine. Like they, they're doing well at school or they have this ability to think or to like um, I play a lot of games with these kids um, where we talk about social skills or we talk about managing frustration. And yes, they know all the right answers. They know what to do. But the problem is, is when they don't get their own way or something doesn't go the way that they wanted or it just turns out differently than how they thought it would, that these children lack the skill. And I really want to focus on that word skill. They lack the skill to know what to do when things don't go their way, what to do when it doesn't happen. And so someone has to help them to think clearly in those minute, moments and to stay in that clear clearer thinking rather than waiting till they explode and then being like, well, you just um, can't handle losing or you're just mad because somebody else got something you wanted or, you know, it's or you're just seeking attention. You know, all these things that we say about the behavior after it happens rather than recognizing it as it's happening and how we help move them through it. You know, these these kids are kids that are going to need some little extra help with that. I say little like it's going to be, you know, just a little bit, but no, they need a lot of help in this area. Also, these kids have an impulsive negativity. So no, I don't want to, shut up, leave me alone. Um, all of these kind of pushing away, very, very common with kids with um, severe ADHD type symptoms. Um, that's executive functioning, that autism, that immediate like no. So even though if you've worked with me at all, you know that I want the kids to give a positive response. So when you tell them to do something, I want them to say, yes, mom, or even if you're getting their attention, I want them to say, yes, mom, yes, dad, yes, ma'am, yes, sir, because I want them to acknowledge that. Just know that you may have to wait at least 30 seconds for that to happen. So we're very quick. I have found that we want those answers from the kids right away. And so we don't give them that time to give that response. So remember, their immediate response is going to be, no, I don't want to. And that's why they get that oppositional defiance disorder diagnosis. But it's also the way their brain is thinking. So none of these disorders, none of these diagnoses are in order for us to excuse that. It's to give us information to know that we have to work with this and that immediate impulsive negativity, we need to wait at least 30 seconds and then get that answer before they do something. Because a lot of kids will say no, and then if we wait, they'll be like, you know, stomp off and do it. I want them to still say that, yes, yes, mom or yes, dad, because we're working against that impulsive negativity. Remember, we are building new skills, and building new skills is executive functioning brain training, and that is going to take that building piece of it. It's not excusing it and it's not punishing it. It's it's rebuilding. And we got it. We got to start somewhere. These kids also have very little insight about themselves. So they don't really know or understand that they're coming off as demanding 
um, self-centered, um, that they're lacking empathy. Um, they don't have social tact a lot of times. And so a lot of times as adults, like you're worried about that because you can see like that they are being rude or that they're puffing themselves up or bragging or um, they think they're all that, right? They're not caring about their brother or their sister or how anybody else feels in the situation. This is how they are day to day. Like they, it's not, you know, it takes, they, they may have times when they have empathy or that they care about somebody else. That's when they're, when they're calm, right? But they don't have a lot of awareness when they are upset, how they're coming across or what they're saying. A lot of times they don't even know they're yelling and yet you can be talking calmly to them and they think you're yelling at them. So um, it's the way their brain is processing it and we have to help them with that. So stay calm and work through that with them because they don't have that awareness and you being upset about it or pushing them to try to understand that is not necessarily going to help them to get there. And we do want to get there, right? We want to raise our kids to be functional. We want them to have that empathy so that they can function in their relationships. So, and we also, you know, don't want to have tyrants running around that are demanding and, you know, of, of everything that they want, you know, and it's, and stuff. So we call that narcissism as they get older, right? And we don't want that. So, so we do have to train and, and teach this. Another thing that you need to understand is that these kids have very slow language processing. So even though they may be talking really fast, um, and a lot of kids that have like a, may have a really good vocabulary and saying a lot of words and they're really good at arguing, they're not really processing. So they're slower in processing what they're being told and they're slower and, and, and actually even really understanding what they're saying. So they're not talking like when they're arguing with you, that's why they can flip flop from one thing to the next. Like there, there's no point that they're going to like when you stop when they're able to stop and you say, what, what do you want? They'll be really angry and agitated and say, I don't know. Right. Because they don't really know. Like they're, they're not, they don't, they don't know where they're going with it. So they're, they're, there's some things going on with their language processing that we just need to know. And in that frustration, there's, there's this frustration of like, I don't, I don't know what to do, but they don't know how to, how to get the help that they need. So, what, so in frustration, Instead of just frustration, we need to teach our kids to be able to say, I don't know what to do, or I need help, or this is what's bothering me, or I don't like this. Um, this is hard for me. And the way that your kids are saying that is in all the other language and the things they're yelling at you and the way that they're pushing away. And so they're, they're you know, they're not getting their need met because they're not totally aware of what they need, but they're also, they don't have better words. We have to, and we have to help them find better words. So some of that is kind of like providing, providing a map for their brain of how they're going to do that. And so, you know, that's, that's kind of what we have to work on. And once they're frustrated and they've like reached that threshold where now they've, they've lost it, even if it didn't take very long to get there, then we're not going to be able to rationalize with them because they're irrational. So then it becomes about creating safety, and we're going to talk about that as well. Keeping your child coherent and in that problem-solving, so, you know, piece where we keep them lower so that they 
they are a little bit more rational. Again, they may not be totally rational, or they're going to still have these same problems. Is is really our our goal? Like part of why we do some of the things that we do, like you know, staying closer to your child, um, being more aware of where they are on on the mountain of escalation, and and you know whether how close they really are to flipping there, and then really knowing what happened before is super important in helping them to work through these behaviors. So what happens a lot of times is that at the part where we intervene, that's where we see the problem. So let's say your child grabs a cookie off the counter and you tell them, you know, no, you cannot have this cookie um, or put it back or stop or, you know, whatever, whatever it is. Right. And then they, they lose it. Right. They, they, shove it in their mouth, they they yell at you, they throw the cookie at you, or they hit and kick you when you're trying to stop them from doing that thing. But but if we if we can go back to the moment, like they're reacting off of off of the no or you can't or you must. And so we kind of have to go back to like what what is it that's driving that behavior with the with the cookie. Well that's not a perfect example. Like that's just kind of an example of how like now we're dealing with they hit me, they kicked me, and so now we're, you know, dealing with that. But really, if we go back, it's like, what was it about the cookie? Like, is there a way we could have handled that in a different way? So this approach to it is not just ignoring it. I'm not saying, you know, just ignore that they hit and kicked you um, or that they ate the cookie. You know, it's it's a very active approach, and it's not passive because we're going to need you to be kind of in this mode of of dealing with this and understanding that these kids, they have this demand, right, you know, for for whatever it is they want right now because they're irrational and they're impulsive. And so, you know, that just takes some some real understanding of where they're coming from. And it means that our, our ability to intervene in a positive way, in a direct way, it has to happen sooner, which can only happen if we're right right there, because otherwise we're going to always be dealing with things after they happened. Thanks for listening to The Parenting Bridge. Do you want to learn more about building a bridge to better behaviors? Pick up a copy of Dr. Michelle Alden's new book, Parenting Emotionally Distressed Kids. Or for more resources, you can click on the link for Healthy Foundations. If you would like to leave a comment or a question for Dr. Alden, there's a link in the notes. We'll see you next time. And remember, things can always get better.